Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. We're learning about wisdom and what it is and where can we find it and how do we apply it. And if you're listening to this podcast via um, the internet, we want to say thanks for joining us and we pray that this message would help you take your next step closer to Jesus. You know, today we're going to be focusing on learning how to dig deeper in our pursuit of wisdom. Gold is not easy to find. It's incredibly difficult and hard work to extract gold from the earth. Many uh, gold miners find that they need to dig deep, and if not deeper and deeper, to really find those big veins of gold to be able to strike it rich, so to speak. Or they got to go into the rivers, and sometimes they really got to go deep there to be able to find where the gold is so that they can pan it out. And this is part of one of the reasons why gold is so valuable, because it's a Incredibly difficult to find and locate, and even harder to extract it. So we're going to turn into the book of Job. Now, Job is considered the oldest written book in the Bible, even older than the book of Genesis, right? And it talks about a servant of God named Job. No, Job. And Job was someone who was upright and and sought to live a life in right standing with God. But after Satan takes away his children, his wealth, inflicts disease upon him, and he begins to have this dialogue with these different friends. And one in particular was a guy by the name of Bildad. And so... Job in verse in chapter 28, he's been talking for a couple couple chapters. He's been giving speeches all along throughout this throughout this book. But here's where we pick up in verse 12. Again, Job chapter 28, verse 12. It says, and this is Job speaking, but where can wisdom be found? Wow. He's got all these blisters. He's using pots to scrape the blisters on him. He's lost everything. He's lost all of his wealth and his ability to make more wealth at this point in time. And yet, he's talking to Bildad and he goes, where's wisdom and where can you find it? And where is the place of understanding? Mankind does not know its value, its value meaning wisdom's value, nor is it or or nor is wisdom found in the land of the living. The ocean depth says it's not in me, and the sea says it's not with me. Pure gold cannot be given in exchange for it, meaning wisdom, nor can silver be weighed as its price. It cannot be valued in the gold of Ophir. Now, Ophir was a place. Ophir was a land known of gold. As a matter of fact, when preparing the construction of the temple, King David got 3,000 talents. That's about 110 tons of gold from Ophir. And that is so significant that it's in the Bible and in the temple. And Job says, hey, even that special stuff from Ophir isn't good enough to get wisdom. 
It cannot be valued in the gold of Ophir, in precious onyx or sapphire. Verse 17, gold or glass cannot equal it. Nor can it, being wisdom, be exchanged for articles of pure gold. Coral and crystal are not to be mentioned. And the acquisition of wisdom is more valuable than pearls. The topaz of Cush. Now, the land of Cush is referred to the land south of Israel, um, translated in some places as Ethiopia. In some Bible versions, it's, it's Ethiopia. But the name Cush is derived from a guy named Cush, who happened to be the son of Ham, who was the son of Noah. So this, this is a real big place. But it wasn't known for its military might. It was known for its jewels, its gems, and its topaz. And it cannot equal it, nor can it be valued in pure gold. Verse 20, where then does wisdom come? And where is this place of understanding? It is hidden from the eyes of every living creature and concealed from the birds of the sky. Abaddon. Now, Abaddon, I don't know if you know this, is often used as another name for the name Satan. Abaddon and death say, with our ears we have heard a report of it. God understands its way, and He knows its place. Within this passage, there are a few different things I want to highlight for us. Job finally tells us where to find wisdom. But before we can find where it is, we have to know where not to look for it. So first, where is wisdom not found? It's not found among the living, Job says. That, that's me and you. He's talking about the source of divine wisdom. He's making it clear there in, in verse 13 that it's not amongst people. The reason that people can't produce wisdom is on our own, we're in a fallen nature. Our understanding is it's limited, it's tainted. So in Romans 3.23, many of you know this one. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Paul makes it clear in this passage that every single human being has sinned and has fallen short. That means we're limited and we're tainted. Started all the way back in Genesis chapter 3 when that slithering snake tempted Adam and Eve, and Eve went for it and grabbed the apple. We don't know if it was an apple, it could have been pineapple, but it was the fruit. And she decided, they decided to disobey God's commands, and they ate from that certain tree in the garden. And from that moment on, all of humanity was now infected with sin. Which means, as Paul says, we've all sinned and we've all disobeyed God. But how crazy it is that Job, the man speaking in our main passage about wisdom, he falls in this category too, because if you were to go to Job chapter 1, verse 8, you begin to find out something that God refers to him as the finest in all the earth. This guy's great stuff. Have you checked him out, Satan? He's the finest in all the earth. Notice God doesn't compare him to heaven. 
He's comparing him to a fallen place. He's the best of a fallen place. I said he's the best of a fallen place. And this leads us to our second item I want us to, to, to look at where we, where we can't find or, or obtain wisdom. And wisdom's not able to be purchased. Job shows us the true worth of wisdom. He says wisdom cannot be purchased with silver or gold or precious gems. The very thing we're searching for wisdom cannot be bought with any amount of wealth. Maybe you know people in your world who desire to have wisdom and have understanding, but they don't realize you can't purchase it through the ways of the world. And they're going and getting higher education, great. And they're buying this and they're going to conferences here and they're going to conferences there and they're going to this special retreat and this thing and that thing. And it's almost kind of like, I'll be able to buy this, what I'm looking for. But divine wisdom can't be purchased at Walmart. Divine wisdom of God is not available on Amazon Prime. To highlight this, consider the story about a rich man coming to Jesus and asking him a, a simple question about eternal life. Here in Matthew chapter 19, starting at verse 16. And someone came to him and said, Teacher, what good thing shall I do so that I may obtain eternal life? And he said to him, Why are you asking me about what is good? There's only one who is good, but if you want to enter life, keep the commandments then he said which ones and jesus said you shall not commit murder you shall not commit adultery you shall not steal you shall not give false testimony honor your father and mother and you shall love your neighbor as yourself the young man said all these i've kept what am i still lacking huh and jesus said to him if you want to be complete go And sell your possessions and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving. For he was one who owned much property. This rich man was saddened because he was told to sell all that he had. Maybe for the first time in his life, he realized that money and his possessions could not give him what he wanted. And that maybe all of his wealth literally owned him instead of him owning it. So maybe you're asking, in what or or in whom can I obtain this all-elusive divine wisdom? Which brings us to our final point. Only God understands the way. That's what Job, the book of Job says. In verse 23, God alone understands the way to wisdom. He knows where it can be found. God is the one who created all that we see around us. Now back in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, it, it's, it's the chapters of creation. And before sin comes into the picture... We read about all that God created. 
And in the account of creation, we see that there's an order to all that God created and that everything has its own unique purpose and significance. But God kept wisdom for Himself to distribute when He wanted to. Did you catch that? He didn't, as precious as gold is, go find it, kids. You can have it if you can find it. But he didn't put wisdom out there like that. For wisdom, he says, if you want it, hey, 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 if you want wisdom, you, you, you come talk to me. You ask me. You, you, you want some of that? Uh, you want to come over here? Yeah. Now get on your knees. I'll get down there with you. Seek me. Get in my word. Pray. You're not going to find it in the ways of the world. You have to come to me. Ask, seek, knock. And I'll give it to you. As we'll see in just a second. Liberally, freely. How bad do you want wisdom? To find wisdom, we have to be gone. We really have to go beyond the surface level in our faith. We must be willing to dig deeper in our relationship with God. If you're just a Sunday Christian and you don't touch your faith on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, you're surfaceful. You're maybe on top of the surface. Your faith has got to go deep to the marrow of the bone, to the center of the heart where you are really just being transparent with the king. And then all of a sudden, the wisdom comes. The wisdom flows. God asks Solomon, he says, you know what, I love your dad. I love you. What do you want? Ask of me of anything. And he could have said, I want to be the richest guy on the planet. I want everything. Fulfill all my lusts and all of my greed. But you know what he asked for? You all know what he asked for. Give me wisdom that I could rule your people. So much wisdom, so much understanding. Part of the, the answer to what is wisdom is taking all this data, taking all this information, and taking a situation and not knowing what to do with it. And all of a sudden, this divine wisdom comes upon you, and you're able to do something that nobody thought of because it didn't come from you. You can go, take that baby, grab your sword, cut it in half, give half to her and give half to her. I'm done with this. And immediately the real mother said, no, 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 no. She can keep. Don't hurt the baby. The wisdom says only a real mama would do that. Did you see the wisdom? That was wisdom from God. And he got that because he said at the beginning of his ruling and reigning as king. God, give me wisdom because I don't know what to do. Nobody in the room knew who the baby belonged to. 
But wisdom brought it out. Wisdom. We need to go deeper. Maybe for you, going deeper looks like spending more time in prayer and thanking the Lord for what He has and what He is doing for you. Maybe for you, this looks like spending more time in God's Word. And when you do, you you learn more about who God is and who God says you are. These steps take us beyond the surface of our faith into a more intimate relationship with the King. Developing this intimate relationship It takes time. I'm telling you folks, it takes time. It's a process. Have you ever heard of somebody say that faith is a marathon and not a sprint? We've all have. It's a long process. It's a long journey. And it can be difficult. And that faith takes consistent training, perseverance, intentionality. I think faith is more like an Ironman triathlon than even a marathon. There are perilous dangers and treacherous terrains to manage in this kind of a race. For those who don't know, an Ironman triathlon is it's, it's a... Excuse me, it's divided into three parts. The first part is a 2.4 mile swim, if it's done in Hawaii, in the ocean. And then there's a 112 mile bike ride on <laughs> in the heat around the volcanoes. And then, of course, there's a 26.2 mile marathon run. Done one right after the other with no break. Can you imagine what kind of endurance you would need? I swim across the pool and I'm ready to get out. 2.4 miles? And then they say, now grab the bike to go 112 miles? Whew, now I'm done. Where's my pillow? No, you got to run for 26.2 miles. How many know that kind of sounds like faith? You, you, you just go through an incredible struggle and you're like, whew, I'm glad that's over with. Get on the bike, boy. What? Here comes another round. Whew, man, I was tired and it was getting sore back here. Okay, now run. Catching this? See, all who compete must learn to trust the process. You need to trust your coaches. You need to trust in the training. And you need to trust in yourself that you, because God says, you can do all things through me who strengthens you. It's a partnership. In a life of faith, we need to develop a prayer life. And a consistent rhythm of getting alone with God daily. And getting alone with His Word. We do life journals here. And there's something dynamic. When when you take the Word of God and you grab a pen or a pencil, I believe the pen makes the heart precise. 
And when you write down that scripture, remember our life journal, SOAP, SOAP, you write down that scripture, you write down that observation, you write down that application, you write down that prayer, and all of a sudden, things begin to connect. You begin to see something, didn't know why that scripture was curious to you, but it all of a sudden, it grabs you from down here. And it goes deep. And you grow in intimacy with the king. It's in these times of solitude with the Lord that we can bring all of our questions. God is not afraid of your questions. He wants you to ask those crazy questions. Ask them. He's not intimidated. Ask them. And then also be transparent. Tell them how you really struggle with this or that. Tell them how you're embarrassed about this or that. Tell them how you're ashamed of this or ashamed of that. Tell them I don't know how to fix this. Tell them how you're just really worried and you don't want to be worried. How you're scared and you don't want to be scared. Tell him. Here's a little secret. He already knows. But in your transparency, he begins to have a place inside of you. He begins to work inside of you because now you're seeking his wisdom and all these things that are heavy on your heart. And he'll guide your steps. It's how we go deep. It's how we find stuff that's more precious than fool's gold. It's how we obtain wisdom. And when you go to the book of James in chapter 1, verse 5, again, a, a very famous verse. But James says this, verse 5. And I want us to all read this out loud together. Ready, begin. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach. Let's stop there. That, that word reproach, it means without reprimand. It means without an accusation. It means without God critiquing or criticizing or rebuking. It means, God says, there's no condition, there's no strings attached. I want to give this to you. I have this for you. And the last part it says, and it will be given to him. See, God is a good father who wants to give his kids what they need. Not everything they want, but everything they need. And because it says without reproach, do you think that means, so go on and keep doing things wrong. I'm going to look the other way says the Lord. Hello. You think that's what grace really is? How silly we'll believe in lies. And if you need wisdom, he says you can just ask God. God won't look for all of your faults. He already knows. He's not going to shame you. Have you ever had one of those kind of relatives? 
Oh, so now you, you oh, so now you need something. You come to me because now you want something, huh? I know. The only reason you call me, the only reason you come visit me, because you need something. You know what? I'll go bankrupt. I don't need it anyways. Nobody wants to be reprimanded like that. But how about if you came and they said, I was hoping you would come. I have it ready for you. Here you go. I know that wasn't easy for you. But we're family and I love you. We'll get through this together. Oh, people. Oh, no. We're not worried about that. All I ask is when somebody else needs it, and then it's your turn to be me, you pay it forward. You see that? That's how the Lord is. That's how the Father is. So I challenge you this week to consider spending more time in prayer. I challenge you this week to, to dig a little deeper in the Word of God. To pull out your life journal. Don't get legalistic. Just get real. Get transparent and honest with the Lord. Maybe just get a couple verses and just stew on them and watch what God would show you. God could do more in Marvin just being real and open than me going, let me, let, let me see, I need my lexicon and my commentary, and let me do this, let me do that, and I'm going to do... It's like, no, no. There's a time for that. I think God wants something different. I think God just wants you. I think God just wants you. With all the weirdness and the awkwardness, just you. Just you. And watch how deep it goes. Remember, faith is more like an Iron Man. There's a lot of work involved. It's more than a marathon. It's more than a sprint. And there may be some really long seasons of trials and tribulations that are more difficult than others. And it doesn't mean you did something wrong. It just means it's part of the process. You know what I've learned? Dave kind of mentioned, you know, we've gone through some stuff. Gone through a lot. But you know what it, all that hard stuff does? It just changes you from the inside. You look at people different. You look at the Word of God from a different angle. And you can say, I love you and mean it. You can say, I get it. Lost somebody. did a funeral for Steve Arnett this week and his family. His mom. I could get it. You know what some of the best things to do 
when somebody's hurting like that? Nothing. Just be there. Just be there. No, no, no. I, I, I've got special verses for you. You know what? I got them too. Right now, there's a little story of a girl. Good, crazy thunderstorm in the Midwest. Anybody been in the Midwest have a thunderstorm? Oh my, you'll remember those. And uh, it was so bad, she kept running into mom and dad's bedroom and says, can I sleep here? I'll sleep on the floor. I just want to be next to you, mom and dad. And this went back and forth. And by the third, fourth time, and dad says, no, 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 no. The Lord will be with you. Jesus is with you. Just go back to your room. And she goes, Daddy, I need a Jesus with skin on him right now. <laughs> she crawled into bed. You know, sometimes, sometimes I just need a Jesus with skin on him. Somebody who can give me a big card with everybody's love on the inside. You catch what I'm saying? And sometimes so do you. Well, Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace, and I thank you for your people. Lord, we all need wisdom. We can never have enough wisdom. Lord, some of us have been digging in the wrong places, and we've been digging a long time. Couldn't find it in this addictive thing over here. Couldn't find it in this addictive thing over there. Couldn't find it in the greed and the lust and the pride and all these things. But Lord, if we just fall at the altar, just grab a knee at the side of our bed and just say, God, I just need your divine help. Will you give me your wisdom? And Lord, you will set this captive free. God, bless your people. Fill them with your spirit, with your guidance. And Lord, then help us to pass it forward. We love you, Lord. Your will, your way, in Jesus' holy name. And we all say, Amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.